Welcome to the podcast of St. Basil the Great Catholic Church in Brecksville, Ohio, with homilies, talks, and interviews relevant to your Catholic faith. God bless you and enjoy. Yeah, according to this screen here on this memory card, we have enough space for 11 hours and 31 minutes. So this is going to be the intensive interview now. Yeah, well, hi everyone. I'm Tommy Dome. I've worked here 17 and a half years. And who are you and how long have you worked here? <laughs> uh, my name is Father Jeffrey Liptak. I just started two days ago. Mm. Welcome. You're our new priest. Father Jeffrey, Father Jeff, Father Liptak, Father, hey Father, hey you Father. What do you like? We'll do Father Liptak and Father then Liptak. Uh, do that for the first year and then we'll kind of go from there. All righty. So you just became a priest. Brand new. Three weeks ago? Four weeks Three ago. Three weeks ago. Yeah. And do you know what to do yet? Um, I kind of make it up as you go, but- uh, Not the mess. Uh, oh, no, of course not. Don't no, make no, up no. the mess. No, no, no. Uh, thankfully, nine years of formation has, uh, you know, yeah. at least prepared me somewhat well for this. Awesome. So where are you from? I was born in Parma, and then for grade school, I went to St. Michael's in Independence, and then I went there for high school also, Independence High School. And for college, I went to Walsh University. But by that point, we moved back to Parma. So okay. I've been roaming my whole life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. St. Michael's really close by. Yes. That's pretty awesome. Having some flashbacks uh, actually coming here. So it's been really good, actually. <laughs> yeah. What do, you, what do you remember from your time there at the grade school? Wow. Remember quite a few of my teachers and... It was funny, after my Mass of Thanksgiving, uh, I had four of the nuns who taught me in grade school actually were there. So that was a huge blast from the past. Um, Yeah, it was just so shocking because they have not changed at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, a lot of blessings just going down the streets that I grew up on. A lot of familiarity, and it's kind of nice that God is picking up the story where I left off. Yeah. So what what were you like as a kid or what's your, uh, you know, family growing up story? Pretty normal, pretty typical for this? No, well, let's be honest, there's no family. That's normal. Uh, I'm the youngest of four. So I have two older brothers, an older sister, and then myself. So I'm the baby of the family. So uh, I'd like to think I'm the favorite. Usually all the youngest mm-hmm. are, of course, mm-hmm. of course. Um, no, normal upbringing. Uh, parents were devout Catholics their whole entire lives and they shared that faith with us. Uh, truly a big gift for our family and big reason for obviously me being here today. No, we were normal, you know, had our ups and downs like anybody, but I'd say the biggest gifts I had uh, for my family growing up, obviously first foremost, the faith, but big thing was dinner time. Uh, was always, it was beautiful. Just a six mm. o'clock dinner, mom always made a good homemade meal. So um, unfortunately I didn't learn from her cooking as much, uh, but Got the faith aspect, so that was more important thing. But yeah, no, growing up it was good. Very blessed, a lot of lot of privilege, I would say. Um, looking at obviously today, where you see kind of family dynamics shifting quite a bit. Yeah. So would your teachers have been like, "Oh, that boy, little Jeffy, he's gonna be a priest one day"? <laughs> I think a lot of them would be surprised, but not like in a way like there's no way I could have ever pictured that. Just like, oh wow, oh no, oh maybe I can see that. But yeah, one of these days I'm going to go back to that high school to see who my teachers are still there. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
see what their reactions are. Because definitely in high school, they wouldn't have pictured it. Grade school, I think quite a few of them could see me. When did you first think about being a priest? My fifth grade teacher, Miss Trezak, um, I'll never forget this. My mom was picking me up from school. Uh, we're standing in the hallway, and Miss Trezak looks at me, and my mom's standing right there, and she says, what do you want to be when you grow up? My answer was, I think it would be cool to be a brother or a priest. Um, that never really was acted upon, I would say, until probably I got to college, and I had some thoughts of it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's one of those things that, always stuck with me that I was, I, I even said that. At yeah. That did age. you surprise yourself? Yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> a little bit. Um, and that's the other thing too, I guess. So me and my brothers, we were all altar servers. And I mean, that was always just a cool thing to kind of serve with the priest and help the priest at mass, but was never asked uh, by any of the priests growing up or any of the ones that were close to our family when I was a kid. Like, did you ever think about this? Huh. Um, so no, just that first response. And then it wasn't until later in life that God came back and said, hey, remember that one time you said this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding you to it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All those fifth grade promises. Mm, Hopefully not. Yeah. So what was that like? What was College. That like? When, oh, my when that gosh. came back. Yeah, it was about my junior year, and I was really struggling with my my studies. Um, and I, so I guess I should tell you is I went to Walsh University to get a nursing degree. So I have my bachelor's in science and nursing. So it's about junior year when I'm thinking like, is this the right path God wants me on? The academics aren't going well. Maybe I missed um, what God is maybe calling me to do in life. And talked to a priest back then, um, Father Joe Bracatelli, and he encouraged me to, um, since I'm so close to getting the degree, to kind of get that first. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously re-enter that conversation with the Lord, which was amazing uh, advice, I'd say, looking back. So, because I know God is going to use so much of my past and those experiences uh, in the priesthood here today. So that was really good advice and very Ignatian, I would even say, in the idea of like you don't make too radical of a change in a state of uh, desolation and yeah. anxiety. So. So then what happened after you graduated? So after I graduated. That's a um, natural crossroads. What did uh, you do? Right. So <laughs> after I graduated, uh, how quickly we forget things. So yeah, kind of put that on the back burner. And I actually wanted to go into the military, something I wanted to do uh, even when I was younger. And so I was going to go into the Air Force because I had this dream of uh, being on a helicopter mm -hmm. and being like a flight nurse. So the military said, why don't you get some training in a hospital oriented and then reapply to us in six months? I was like, okay. So I started working at Parma Hospital in their intensive care unit. And wouldn't you know, meet a girl and we start dating. So kind of put the military off to the, the side and then kind of just engaged in that relationship for about a year and a about a year, year, year and a half. So it was at that point when we start talking marriage that things kind of got a lot more serious for me and discerning like, is this what God wants? And I'll never forget, I was at St. Charles in their adoration chapel and she was not Catholic. I was Catholic. Faith was so important to me. I know what it did for me and my family growing up. And I know it was just, I love this girl, but at the same time, how do we kind of rectify this? And I was praying with the Lord and I just never forget what he said to me was, do you trust me? And I said, yes. 
So after that, I was reached out to by a priest, Father Barry Gary. Wait, that was that was the end of the conversation. Yeah, that, like that's, so with what? Yeah, no, it Jesus? Was, literally that was it. It was, <laughs> do you trust me? I was like, yes, and and then nothing. I was like, oh, yeah. oh okay, Lord, I guess. All right, uh, good talk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, you're right. It was. Yeah, it was a it was a quick response. It was my yes to him, and I mean, looking back, it's like I had no idea where it was going to go. Um, but yeah, so a preach reached out to me, Father Barry Gehring, uh-huh. and we had a quick conversation. And I remember meeting him on a retreat called Tech Teens Encounter Christ, uh-huh. and that's where I'd say the uh, my Catholic faith took on a whole new dimension that I didn't really even know about. Um, that dimension kind of, is that the spiritual life. You know, growing up, it was you do the prayers, you say the prayers, you know, they are what they say they are, and God's always present. And I've had graced moments, but it wasn't until I went on this retreat that, like, I felt the Holy Spirit, and I felt, like, the love of God, actually. And I was like, this kind of changed everything. And this was when I was 18. Um, but, it, yeah, so I remember talking to Father Barry and explaining to him kind of what's going on with me and my girlfriend at that point. And he said, there seems like there's more things going on. Why don't you maybe talk to Father Mike McCandless, who I didn't know at this point, but he was the vocation director for the Diocese of Cleveland. Uh-huh. And he encouraged me, Father Barry said, you know what, he kind of helps guys that are in this situation, whether um, kind of how to best go forward. So I remember uh, calling Father Mike McCandless and we make an appointment to meet out at the seminary. Never knew where it was. And I'm driving out there, and I'll never forget uh, just these thoughts I was having. I'm like, this is a waste of time. I mm-hmm. am at this point 23, 24. I should be able to figure these things out on my own. I shouldn't need somebody else to give me guidance in these areas, let alone a priest. Uh, but I remember we – so I eventually get there, and we had a great conversation. And I thought the conversation went for maybe like an hour, and I, we were actually there for like three hours talking. <laughs> like – Time stopped, and there was a lot of peace and consolation of just hmm. walking around the seminary and, uh, yeah, sharing my life with Father Mike McCandless and what I'm kind of going through. And, you know, he asked me my um, in that conversation, do you ever think about the priesthood? And that's what kind of led to a lot of more questions and clarity for me. And, oh, my gosh, maybe that this is part of the reason why there's a lot of restlessness going on in my heart, more so than the fact that she's not Catholic, but maybe there's a, another calling that God is uh, – inviting me to that I didn't think about. And the one thing he said in that conversation was, I don't know if God's calling you to be a priest, but this I do know is if you do come to the seminary, you will get clarity. And he was 100% correct in that. Mm-hmm. And so after that conversation with him, um, he asked me to take it to prayer, but he said, why not at this point, let's just plan on you filling out an application going ahead. And I was like, okay. And as I left the seminary, I just remember being filled with so much peace and joy hmm. uh, and excitement at just the, even wow. the idea. So yeah. really going from uh, zero to 60, I would say, from not knowing where the seminary is to like, okay, we're going to be here uh, next year. So the funny thing is I'm still dating the girl at this point, and uh, we had some conversations, and we broke up. And as I'm filling out the application, Father Mike says we missed the deadline. And I for also, the application. yeah, for so, and I also worked with this girl. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, oh, okay. So now I had to wait a whole nother year. And 
Yeah, so it ended up being very fruitful. Um, we were able to continue to be friends and to continue to work together, which was also important. And um, a lot of my coworkers there were also very supportive of this decision too, once they found out, because they knew uh, how important my faith was to me. And seeing me pray with patience, I think they also had this idea mm. that, you know, this isn't something crazy for him. Um, mm. But no, that first relationship, she, she taught me a lot uh, about myself and just uh, the beauty of what God intended with, uh, with relationships between a man and a woman. So mm. learned so much from her and uh, growing even deeper in my own faith because as we try to, you know, rectify those two things, like I'm Catholic, you're not. And, you know, you get asked those questions of why, how come? And uh, you no, you end up learning a lot more than than you thought you know. So, if you could distill into a few sentences or bullet points, <clears throat> some tips for how do you recognize God's voice, or how do you discern what God wants you to do? First thing, always, I would say is. It's probably the hardest thing. It's something I'm still learning, but it's one I always encourage people. It's, you, you have to listen. It's not enough just to ask God um, and then walk away. I mean, we have to be in a place where uh, to really invite the Lord to speak very loudly, but then also to give the Lord uh, time and space to be able to answer. So I'd say that'd be the first thing is ask the question and then also just be in a place to be able to sit and listen and receive. So that's the first one. Uh, second, I would say to surrender, just to always surrender to God. And it can be as blunt as your will and not mine. And I think that's that's huge because sometimes I think we always get in our own way of what we want to make uh, for plans for our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think really inviting God, the Father, um, who ultimately wants our happiness to be the one to be who reveals because he always has and knows us um, and our best interest at heart. And the third thing I would say is don't do this alone. Um, always be in conversation with somebody, either another priest or somebody that you admire um, and look up to that can give you some advice and some guidance in the process too. So uh, first and foremost, pray and listen, surrender, and always walk with somebody else. Wow, it sounded like I fed you that question ahead of time because yeah. you were very prepared, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's what works for me. In your life too. No, it, yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, that is really in a nutshell how uh, my own journey uh, really unfolded. You ready for a lightning round? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. How will you spend your day off? I will go home um, to visit with my family first and foremost. Yeah, especially my parents. Um, they've been such... A positive influence on my life and I think it's important for me uh, in this part of my journey to definitely always give them that kind of yeah that that quality time together so I'll definitely always make sure I see my parents and then there's a couple other priests in our diocese who um, have invited me if, uh, if I ever want to get away for my day off to visit have a good meal um, it's a good fraternity so see the folks and visit other priests and I do uh, actually like to golf. Not good at it, uh, but obviously during the summertime when it's nice. So you've golfed up here at, at Sleepy? Yes, I have. Okay. Yeah. It's awesome. uh, definitely a more challenging course than uh, my skill plays to, but Are you know. Are you playing in the golf outing? I am. Oh, awesome. Yes. I'm playing with uh, my dad, my uncle. I think maybe my two uncles are going to be in the golf outing. So it'll be That's the four sweet. of us. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, now, this is strictly a hypothetical, but let's say you end up being really bad at uh, being doing priest stuff. Mm-hmm. And Father Ryan's like, why don't you take four days off every week instead of one? What would you do with those other three days? Work on my golf game so that at least I'm not feeling <laughs> at two things in life. <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm just trying to see what your what your hobbies are. Where we? Oh gosh, yeah. I used to fish when I was in college. Uh, I'd like to get back into fishing. Uh, I know a couple buddies who who hunt. Possibly get into that as well. Stuff to do in my days off. Um, outdoors. I would say more often than not. Yeah. I'm definitely not the guy who just likes to you know read a book uh, for leisure. Um, yeah, no. I like to be a little more active on my days off, especially when I'm a little youthful at this point in my life. Also. All right. Speaking of books, uh oh, good books. Do you have a favorite book of the Bible? Favorite book of the Bible, or at least just favorite Bible verse or story, parable. I don't have a favorite book. It's funny. The or probably the first pers- favorite character. Character definitely Jonah. Yeah. After reading Jonah's story uh, more recently, just seeing the parallels between his life and mine, uh, it, it's it's un- uncanny. Well, he ran from God. Um, <laughs> And then, you know, when God called him, he, he rejected that uh, where he was supposed to be going, what he was supposed to be doing. And, you know, it is a story of uh, Jonah finally surrendering. And I think following God's plan and seeing how much fruit it bears. Um, yeah, he and, was wildly successful. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he even wanted to be even either. The, like <laughs> pet guinea pigs are wearing sackcloth and ashes. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. repenting. All right. You were a football player? I was. I uh, played for the Independence Blue Devils. What was I? I was a right offensive tackle, and I played uh, right defensive end for a little bit. Is that your favorite sport to watch? Oh, I love football. The more you actually know, uh, I guess, what goes in for the planning, I think the deeper appreciation you have for it. The schemes, the variation of the players, the types, the positions, I mean, and just the versatility out there. And the fact that it's just, it's team oriented. So I think, and also the fact you can come in with the best plan and sometimes it doesn't always work out too. So there's that level of excitement um, on any given Sunday. What have you heard about St. Basil's before coming here? So I knew a little bit of St. Basil's when I was in grade school at St. Michael's because of their affiliation. Um, I always just viewed it as the church down the streets. St. Basil's uh, more recently, obviously being a, um, a, Big, big parish that is in our diocese, one that has continued to grow and foster um, from always what I heard is a beautiful spirituality of the people and uh, a lot of excitement uh, when I first heard I was going to be sent here. Hmm. Um, just because first I, I knew the pastor uh, now, Ryan Mann, I actually knew him in the seminary before he was ordained. But yeah, no, there's just been a lot of excitement, almost kind of like a coming home in certain ways, but then also... Um, yeah, just a growing parish where it's very lively and you can just feel the uh, the spirits moving and doing awesome things here. Do priests wear cologne or do they just wear like deodorant, hopefully? Most priests wear deodorant and the ones who wear cologne, I, I question their life choices. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, when you... Are obviously thinking about being a priest, you mm-hmm. know, for nine years or more. Right. Were, were there any sort of apostolates or projects or things that you looked ahead in the future and you were like, man, 
I can't wait to do this with my parishioners or start up a one of these or get involved in their... Yeah, I think the one thing I was always excited uh, to do would be things in the catechetical realm um, as far as teaching goes. Just from personal experience, I know um, when I discover more, I'd say either about the stories in the Bible or I guess the teachings of the church, uh, a lot of things just open up and it's like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. And oh, I can see how we live this out or why we do this in the liturgy and how everything gets like integrated into one another. So for me, um, something catechetical was always, I'd say, big in my heart as far as something I wanted to do when I got out to the parishes. And I first uh, started a Bible study. Well, I didn't start. Um, it was starting to go with young adults at Divine Word. And then we extended it to adults. So I ran the adult Bible study. Um, and just seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit being able to journey with those people and myself as we kind of just went through the Gospel of Luke. So seeing just the power of that transformation of just giving a little catechesis and how that can just radically change people's lives. Hmm. So for me, I would say, yeah, like I would like to just stay involved with that kind of teaching aspect of the church. So I said I was going to ask you about mentors. So mm -hmm. if you bring to mind some of the priest mentors you've had in your life, what are some of the characteristics that they had that really appealed to you and that you have, you're trying to carry the mantle on. Right. Of like, what makes a great priest? Oh my gosh. Uh, my, f the first priest that I probably have a lot of memories from would be Father Carl D'Agostino, uh, who was the pastor of St. Michael's and Father Gibbons and Father Dennis Marie when I was there. And they all had a very, different way of revealing God's presence. Uh, Father Gibbons was very gentle. Uh, Father Dennis Marie was always joyful and laughing. And Father Carl D'Agostino was very much um, reverent and very powerfully present in the liturgies. Um, but all of them would just share good stories and gave good homilies. Uh, Jack Carlin, uh, excuse me, Father Jack Carlin, um, my home pastor at St. Charles, yeah, just uh, revealed so much to me about the power of presence of God and encountering people, uh, being a good steward uh, with the resources God's given us, and always making sure that whatever we do, it is for building the kingdom of God, but first and foremost, serving the people of God before we do anything else. So they've all shared different aspects of the priesthood, but in ways which... I think God created each of those men to be even before they were priests hmm. and allowing his priesthood to be lived out through their humanity in a beautiful way that they've all been created. And I mean, those can go on with um, Father Ryan um, being an awesome uh, homilist and a speaker and just ways in which I, when I was in the seminary hearing him speak and thereafter, just how the spirit of God can uh, captivate and use a person's voice in that powerful way. And yeah, it's just really cool to see um, through different men in my life how God has used their their gifts and their talents and their abilities, but also always first and foremost through his uh, his mission of the priesthood, through his son, Jesus Christ. Well, that's a good segue to Father Ryan. So which of the following facts about living with Father Ryan scares you the most? Number one, he doesn't change his socks, but he just puts a new pair on top every day. Number two, he wanders around sleepwalking in the rectory at night 
humming theme songs to 80s sitcoms <laughs> and leaving a trail of almonds. Or number three, every Good Friday, he wakes up the parochial vicar at about 5 a.m. and brings him breakfast in bed, which includes an amazing hot chorizo sausage breakfast burrito to test you to see if you'll eat meat on Good Friday. Mm. Which one worries me the most? Yeah. Oh, definitely number three. I mean, one, he's probably got to deal with that problem more so than anything else. Not me. Two, um, there's locks on doors, so I just lock all my doors. Not a big deal. And uh, run a fan for ambient noise. And But number three, I mean, let's be honest, that is hard to pass up there. I mean. Yeah. You like a good sausage breakfast burrito, do you? Who doesn't? I'm going to start a sentence and you finish it, Okay. Please. I'll try. I'm not bossing you around. Uh-huh. <laughs> but please do this thing. All right. The thing most people don't realize about God is how much he delights in them. The thing most people don't realize about prayer is how simple it is. Oh, very nice. What else? Should have had three. <laughs> Seriously, that's like the Trinitarian formula Shit. here, man. Who's the saint you really like? Too many to count. Who's the saint everybody else likes, but you're not that into? I'm just trying to get you in trouble. That is true, because <laughs> we getting phone calls from this parish down the road. <laughs> Why don't you like? Yeah, see, that's the thing, though, about the saints. Like, it's their stories are all so beautiful in very unique ways. Like... From the most obscure to the crazy to the most isolated to the most profound, I think that is, yeah, because that's the whole point of the sainthood. It's to reveal God's glory, power, and might. It's not about the craziness of their lives, but I guess just the craziness of God through them and their participation. What would you say if you could give one sentence, super generic advice to a couple that's newly married? Wow. The most important thing you can do as a couple, always uh, share, speak, and reveal your love for one another, first and foremost. It's huge. I, I think sometimes we, or any relationship, I think complacency and the fact like, oh, of course you love me, but no, like it's, that's, that's not good. We, we need to share and express that because that is the foundation. That is the the very life of a marriage is the love between a man and a woman. Uh, so I guess living and sharing that every day and all day, that'd be advice one. Two, pray, pray often together. I think that's just the one thing I will, will always encourage married couples is to be like Tobiah and Sarah, and that is to pray together. Because again, that you're in a relationship with you know, God, and then your spouse also, it's the th that three of you that are always in communication with one another. So love each other often and express that and show that, and then also pray ceaselessly with one another. All right, what do you want to reveal to the rest of us? This is your chance to say something, want us to know about you that you might not come across in a homily. I don't know, whatever oh, wow. you want. Uh, I have a fear of public speaking. Although oh. it's not very original, though, but it is ironic. I will say this about myself. Um, if I had to take an aptitude test, like back in high school, 
priesthood would be at the very bottom of the list of like recommended, uh, you know, quote unquote occupations. Um, Cause everything that I think we put in the category of what a priest should be is like, those are either weaknesses or things that uh, don't come easy to me. And like public speaking or um, gosh, that's probably the number one, but I'm not the most super organized person when I need to be absolutely, but yeah, and I think that just speaks to the power of what God can do. And it's not about you and your your merits of things. So yeah, I'm always gonna be open to constructive criticism to obviously becoming the best version of myself, but you know, the best priest that I can be here also. So yeah, you'll find out certain things like about me throughout my time here, which it should be fun. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I'll start, and you can finish, or mm -hmm. you can end with a blessing, or whatever, or gotcha. just pray over uh, our people and our listeners. Well, Jesus, thank you so much for sharing your priesthood. And in such a holy, humble way, you didn't try, and you're still not trying to do everything yourself, but you exalt other people, and you say, join me in this ministry. We thank you for Father Liptak's ministry, his priesthood. Thank you for the yes that he gave to you. We just pray that this community can be one of true service and encouragement and mercy and joy and love. Good and gracious God, thank you so much um, for this opportunity. Um, just to retell um, my story and obviously where you've been so present in my life and I am so grateful, Heavenly Father, for your constant calling out to me. And I ask that you please bestow your blessings upon this parish. May Father Ryan and myself continue to be a powerful presence and a witness of your radical love. May we always be conduits of your mercy and your forgiveness and your presence. Heavenly Father, please continue to show favor upon the people of St. Basil, that they may continue to be a light to the world desperately in need of hope. And we ask all this in your most holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. Basil the Great. Pray for us. Amen. Thank you so much. Welcome, and it's gonna be an awesome time working with you and being ministered to by you. Oh, with four binds <laughs> preposition list thanks goodbye <laughs> awesome I don't know why but this room is terrifying we hope you enjoyed this audio from our parish you can find other homilies talks and interviews at our website basilthegreat.org or by subscribing to this podcast in your favorite app just search for St. Basil Catholic Church, Brexville. St. Basil the Great, pray for us. <laughs>